Crap with Beth and Matt. Cut to Crap is the world's number one no bullshit health and fitness podcast. Alrighty then. Hi, hello, and welcome to episode 10. Yes, our 10th episode. Crazy, right? We have a special guest for this one to help us celebrate. Jordan Syatt of Syatt Fitness and the owner-operator of the SF Inner Circle. Jordan deadlifted four times his body weight, which is an insane feat by any standard. We discuss his recent honeymoon to Greece, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, his simple method of figuring out your calorie deficit, our love of cereal, and more. Let's jump into the conversation. How's, uh, how's life treating you? I know you just got back from your, your honeymoon in Greece. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honeymoon in Greece. It was great. It was super relaxing. I was drunk the whole time. It was yeah. <laughs> It was good. Living life. <laughs> yeah, so back now and uh and good. Like right back right back into everything. Just doing like three or four podcasts a day and uh jujitsu, everything. It's nice. good. How how are both of you? Everything good yeah. with you? Stuff's good. Yeah. For sure. Very busy, but yeah, it's we're busy. growing. Good. It's um yeah, this podcast is a lot of fun. I tell you what, we we this is like the highlight of our week when we when we re- sit down and record. So yeah, um, just like like Beth said, cut the crap. So we're we're just here to. There's so much bullshit out there, right? As you know, and um, we're just here to make fitness and nutrition uncomplicated because I don't know when it started getting complicated and why, but it is. Mm. So that's kind of our mission. So to bust that yeah. down. So. I love it. I love it. Let's let's do it. fucking right. fuck shit up. All right. <laughs> well first congrats yeah thank you it's good people are like what's it like what's exactly yeah. what it was like before we were married um yeah it's great it's it's good it's it, there's like um there's like this sort of like comfort that comes with it i think and obviously if you're in a shitty marriage that's not true but like like uh there's something about being completely off the market which is very nice where it's like don't have to worry about dating apps don't have to worry about playing games it's just like there's just this uh comfort that comes with being married i'm like i didn't expect that level of like oh cool i'm i'm done yeah yeah and it's, it's like a safety a feeling of safety and like like yeah like family you know you got your 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 new family that's exactly right. Yeah. So it's good. Everything is going really well. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> and, now, and now you guys can build something together, right? So, and you guys just moved to Texas. Is that right? Yeah. 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 We're in Dallas. We love it. You got to come visit. Yeah. I mean, it's great. How is it we there? You love it? it. How is the barbecue? How is the barbecue? Oh my God. Back? That was, was so good? good. You know what? Um, I actually took it to Hunter's and me and oh, Hunter and a couple other people and my husband had it and it was so friggin' good. Yeah. We annihilated it. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, 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 of course. The uh, there's like, there's a place, there's a bunch of barbecue places right near us, literally within like a seven minute walk or drive. It's just like I can see why it's one of the fattest states in the nation. <laughs> it's like, it's crazy. It's like the, all the food that's available here, uh, but it, it's delicious. It's wonderful. Beth sent my wife and I lobsters, like live. Oh, nice. Fucking. Oh, what's that? Oh, how was they, the like, cooking situation? I never heard of that. Heard what happened? It was great. It was awesome. It was we ordered the wrong pot so we ordered you know you know how in like professional um kitchens like in a in like i would say like a hotel kitchen they have a pot it's probably like a massive 
huge pot. I got that. I got a huge pot that like didn't even like barely fit on our stove. And so that was a little bit of an issue. Um, we're, we, we already got a new size though. Cause we wanted, we want to order lobsters more often. Cause it was just a really fun experience and they were delicious. Um, but it was great. They came in and it was fine. Put them in the fridge and they were crawling around for a little, a little while. Yeah. And, uh, and it was fun. It was just a really good experience. Nice. Super cool. <laughs> for, have you, do you have a favorite barbecue place in Dallas yet? I've been to Dallas a couple of times. Um, I can't think of the name of the place, but there's this place that's very close to the airport. So we would always stop. We, I used to travel a lot for work um, for my for my old job. Okay. And there was this barbecue place right by the uh, the airport. And it's like open pit. You just walk in and you can see the pit right there. And you just like, I want that, 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 yeah. and that. And you just gorge yourself in meat, you know? Yeah. Was that was it Terry Black's? Mm, I can't. I don't. That, that name does not sound familiar. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm awful it, with okay. names, but it, it was super good. So. Got That's it. all I know. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I think I've been to the one that you're talking about. And uh, actually, remember, Beth, I don't know if you remember, Beth, there were several years ago, I ran a contest in the Inner Circle. I was like, I'm going to pick one Inner Circle member like to go meet and have lunch with. And I flew to them. And it was actually, it was Steph Hayes. And she lived in Dallas at the oh, time. Wow. And she, she took me to that barbecue place that was right off of, uh, right near the the airport. Okay, okay. Um, the, the, the one near me is, is called Terry Black's, which is like, it, it's like consistently top three best barbecue in oh, the nation wow. nice. uh it's literally like a seven minute yeah I, it's it's everything i can do to restrain myself from going every day uh it's so good what's your favorite barbecue like meat ribs ribs, yeah, ribs. like ribs with the bone in I, I i like i love that i don't understand getting anything else like if when i go i literally just get a rack of ribs yeah. to myself that's yeah. fair. And I think yeah. brisket would be a second, you know, close second, yeah. but that's it. it. There really is no other option. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Agreed. I don't, I don't understand when people get chicken at oh, a barbecue place. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. Live like, a little. Chicken. Like I get it. Like, what are you doing though? Like you could get chicken yeah. anywhere. Right. You can make chicken. You can't make a rack of ribs or brisket yourself and have it be this Smoked good. Smoked for 10 hours and shit, you know? Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> so have you had Austin barbecue as well then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had Austin barbecue as well. Wait, I've gone you, several times to Austin. How would you compare the two? Like, does one win over the yeah. other? You know, I just, I'm biased. I just don't like Austin as much anymore. Ooh, okay. Um, I, I'm just, I, now that I've been to Dallas and I live here, like, I just really like Dallas a lot. I mean, the, the food is great everywhere. Like, the food in Texas, wherever you go, I've, I've loved it. Mm -hmm. But I just like the atmosphere of Dallas so much. I think it's much quieter than Austin. Oh, for sure. Uh, but it does it does have, like, a, a really nice city culture to it that I haven't seen before in Texas. Um, Austin seems to be, like, almost like the, the New York of mm. Texas. And I was I was so ready to get out of New York that I was like I I just want something a little bit different. That so I, that's where I like Dallas. Yeah. What yeah. was your driving force to get out of New York City? Uh, it was a shit show in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> it was awful. Yeah. It, it was terrible. Um, it was really really bad. My wife no longer felt safe. Oh, that, oh man. When she when she told me that, and she didn't say that with an agenda. She wasn't saying that like I think we should move. I remember. There were a lot of protests right outside of our window and there was a lot of like looting and like, I know some news stations like were, were reporting on it and other news stations were saying that it wasn't actually happening. And I couldn't believe that because I looked outside my window and I like see shops like fucking burning and people taking rocks and throwing them through windows. And I remember I was about to go to jujitsu one morning and my wife was like, I, I don't feel comfortable going to work. What do you think I should do? Do you think I should take an Uber? And I was like, 
she literally doesn't feel safe to walk to work. Wow. I was like, that's not acceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then that's when I was like, all right, maybe we should think about leaving. And like, yeah, like the, the apartment was small and rent was super, super high. It's worth it when New York is New York, when it's normal, because uh, you're living in literally the greatest city in the world. Um, in a time when it's like more dangerous than it was in the 90s and rent is more expensive than ever and super small space and your wife is telling you she doesn't feel safe to walk to work anymore. Like, all right, it's it's time we got to leave. It's pretty obvious yeah. what, what yeah. you and have to do. Is this all started since the pandemic and like the Black Lives Matter oh, and yeah. all, you know, that yeah. stuff? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was uh, the, the, we were on, on 11th and 43rd is where we were living. And that was right in the line of where a lot of these protests went. And like, they just kept coming through, kept coming through, kept coming through. And my, one of the women that my wife worked with, uh, a lot of these protesters, they, they stormed into her apartment building. So like, uh, they, they literally broke the door down into the apartment building and then started coming up the stairs and breaking in the doors of the people who lived in the apartment. Oh, wow. And it was just like, and, and it's like, what the fuck? Like, this is this is not a peaceful protest. Like what's going on? <laughs> like yeah. just crazy shit. I was like, all right, we, we got to get out of here. Wow. That's intense. That's, inten- yeah. that's intense. <laughs> did, did the right thing yeah. for you. I will family. say I've been back since. Um, and it's, the city seems to be back and up and running and it looks really nice now. Um, and the, I have a lot of friends and colleagues there and they love it. It seems to be doing much better at this point. Um, I still think there's a lot of issues in the city that are, uh, that are going on. Um, but for, I mean, my, I have a lot of friends who are, or a number of friends who are firefighters who they, they were told they would lose their job if they didn't get vaccinated, which I was like, man, like that's fucking crazy to me mm-hmm. that like, these are the people who you've relied on throughout the entire pandemic. And now like, you're going to re- remove them from their job. It's like, I, and we don't have to talk about politics and stuff, mm-hmm. but I, I do think that like, I, I couldn't believe that firefighters yeah. were being like told you're going to lose your job if you, if you don't get this. And like, I'm vaccinated. It's fine. But like, I also support other people's decisions if they don't want to get vaccinated. And I was like, yeah, just crazy to me. And it's like firefighters are that one profession that everybody has always respected and looked up to, you know, as kids, kids wanted to grow up to be a firefighter or a police officer even, you know? Um, and and I, I, I see where you're coming from for sure. But I mean, it's like people who, who spent like, they were essential workers. Mm-hmm. They were labeled essential mm-hmm. workers and they were, they had to go into work to save people's lives. And now that things are a little bit more calm, it's like, all right, well now we're going to remove you from your job. We're going to take away your salary, take away your, your benefits, all that. It's like, that's crazy yeah. that I don't historically, that is not a good sign when, when government is doing that. And like that, yeah. So I, I was not happy to hear about yeah, that. It's pretty scary stuff actually right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, yeah, it's pretty fucking insane. Uh, we can go down that rabbit hole, but <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably that's, a, that's a rabbit hole for another day. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, but sure. you know, even our like the grocery stores here are the shelves are like wiped out, like a lot of the time. Really? Yeah, like there's like stuff that you can't get, and you know, it's just it's just it's weird times right now. They're saying that that's crazy. Like, the shipment for like just Christmas, um, we might not be able to get stuff for Christmas to buy in the stores yeah. here. Wow. Um, you know, it's like, okay, uh, what am I going to get my son for Christmas? If I can't get delivered in time, he still believes in Santa. So yes, I'm going to have to get my fucking like, you know, art kit out. 
Oh man, that's so cr- yeah. The supply line, yeah. all that stuff is a mess. But people DM me, they're like, "Why don't you have a kitchen table?" Because you know you can see my apartment. Oh. And I was like, "Well, we ordered a kitchen table when we moved, but like it hasn't gotten here yeah. yet. Like, it, like it's six it, months. Nothing can time. ship. Everything yeah. is backed up. It's crazy. It is, yeah." My husband needs tires. He can't even get tires for his truck right now. They're like for like oh like my three God. months or something. It's like um, insane. Yeah. But who who needs a kitchen table? You've got workout equipment at home in your apartment, right? So you're <laughs> so you're good. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> what a, what kind of a setup do you have at home then? I, I know you've got like kettlebells and you've got a assault bike. I think is that right? Or or what, what's your setup like? Yeah. So so when we were in New York and lockdown happened, I was like. Uh, <laughs> I, I was lucky like to be sort of ahead of the curve in terms of when I st- started hearing about coronavirus, uh, my wife's grandfather was actually, he called me, he was like, you should stock up on food. And I was glad he did. Cause I was like, I, I, he had the, the knowledge to like, Hey, make sure you have a bunch. So went out like m- a month in advance and got all this stuff. And my wife was like, what are you doing? I was like, this is your grandfather's idea, but I think it's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as gym started to close, I was like, we're not going to have access to gym equipment. Mm-hmm. So I ordered a whole bunch of, of gym stuff. Uh, I got like uh, a 16 kilogram kettlebell, a, uh, a 20 kilogram kettlebell and a 24 kilogram kettlebell. Um, got an assault bike, got some, some wrestling mats, got a, got a, got a whole bunch of stuff. We, oh, I've, I've had these adjustable dumbbells that go up to 50 pounds since I was 18 years old. Those it was are the first clutch. piece of gym equipment I ever got. They're huge. Yeah. They're amazing. Um, and that, that was really it. That was, I have some bands and stuff like that as well, TRX. But that was it. So we had everything we needed when we were, when we were in New York. But when we moved to Dallas, uh, it was actually funny. Like we were, When we were started to talk about moving, basically in our mind, it was um, we wanted to move to Israel, but the borders were closed. You couldn't move there just because like, of coronavirus. So we were like, all right. So in the States, we were thinking about Texas, Colorado, and Nashville. Or like the three places that we were like, those would be really cool to live in. Um, and we were having a glass of wine one night and an ad popped up on on my wife's Instagram for the building that we're living in right now. And she was like, oh, this looks cool. And we looked at it. It looked amazing. And so we literally signed sight unseen and we moved in. Oh, wow. Um, and But the building has an insane gym inside of it, like an amazing, amazing gym. So all of my gym equipment is actually in my closet because we have a gym in the building. Okay. And then because I'm weird with this shit, I, I, have, I have that gym downstairs and I also have two gym memberships that I go to. Um, one, one, I like a change of pace. I just like having different scenery, different like gym equipment. Also, and this has got a little bit weird, is one of the, the gyms that I go to the, the people behind the desk came up to me they're like, hey, I don't want to freak you out, but there's been a woman coming in demanding to know if you're here because she's seen it on your stories. Oh. And I was like, okay. that's fucking creepy. So now I will only post gym videos once I'm out of the gym. Yeah. And and I'll like try and like, I never try and go at the same time and I'll go to different gyms just because like, you never know wow. who's fucking crazy. So I was like, so yeah, my gym setups, it's great. I have tons of equipment and places to go, but yeah, I was, I was like, that's fucking weird. That is weird. That's, yeah. that's one thing that you're probably not prepared for when you reach the kind of like a celebrity status that you have, right? You're people literally stalking you almost, or just being uncomfortable. Like what, especially like, I mean, that wasn't had anything to do with your wife back, back in New York, but just those type of things you don't really think, think of ahead of time. Yeah. And I'm, I'm by no means a celebrity at all. I'm like not even a Z list like at all, but I can understand why celebrity. 
you know, like I can understand why celebrities like it, they, they have these videos, of celebrities like pushing the cameras out of the way or whatever. It's like, you're waiting outside their fucking house. Mm-hmm. Like give them some privacy, yeah. you know, it's like, I can understand. It's, it's scary. People are, there's crazy people out there. Yeah. Like yeah, it's absolutely. fucking weird. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you got to even pay attention to what you put in your stories or I got I even make sure like my car isn't in there with my license, my the, yeah. the number to my house cuz people will be like, "Oh, I see you're over here." And they will actually tell you. It's like, "How did you see that?" Or they'll look yeah. they'll look behind like where you're filming and they're like, "Oh, you have pizza place. on your counter." Or, now you have you're, you have those vitamins. It's like, "Holy shit. What well, did you do? Screenshot it and like, you know, zoomed in." Zoom in. Yeah, they're like detective. Fucking crazy. Weird. <laughs> it's crazy. What a world. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm very careful <laughs> what a, about what a time to be alive. I've got an 11 uh, year old son and I'm very careful about like putting him out there because of that. You know, I don't, there's a lot of weirdos Smart. out there and like, that's his decision to make too. You know, like I, I wouldn't want to put him out there without him yeah. wanting me to, but he loves what I do. He, he, he follows me like on TikTok and everything, you know? Um, and he's like, you popped up on my FYP again today, you know, dad, and this and that. (laughs) What's really cool about it though is like the things that I'm teaching and and talking about on on TikTok and Instagram, social media, he's learning these things indirectly through me too, you know, these, these good habits Mm. and these healthy relationships with food. And of course I, I encourage that with him as well, but just him watching my videos, like he'll talk about his mom trying to lose weight and things like that. And he'll be like, mom, you shouldn't be doing that. You know, things like that. So (laughs) You know what else is cool about this that I hadn't really thought about, but I hadn't thought about it until you brought up that your son sees you on your son sees you working. Yeah, right? it's, it's essentially what it is. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was a kid, like I knew my parents would talk about work, but I never saw them in their work environment. I never saw them actually working. I think it's really cool that your son can watch you like actually working and putting in work and and seeing how you act and seeing how you present things like rather than because I remember I would come home from school and I'd have homework and I'd be, I'd be like oh it's so unfair that I have to do this but like you don't have to do anything but just I thought <laughs> yeah. you didn't have to do anything because I didn't see it right and you're a kid you don't know mm-hmm. I was like you didn't what'd you do all day it's like fucking work <laughs> but like what does that mean I don't know yeah. and and I just I I imagine people in TV shows who go to work and they bring a briefcase and they have like a comedic discussion. And I'm like, oh, that must be what work is like. But your son is seeing you actually working and and presenting information. I think it's because now he knows that you're also doing it too. And like, if he has to go make a presentation to school, you can be like, listen, I do it every day on TikTok. Like, this is exactly what I'm doing. I think it probably, uh, he respects it a lot. And that's great. I've never thought of it that way. Thanks for the perspective. (laughs) Cool. Yeah. Beth, you probably get that too with with your son, then, right? Yeah, I used to, John used to come to the gym with me um, and wait in mm-hmm. the lobby while I coached, and then you know now um, he sees me all the time working. So um, he's yeah, that's awesome. You know, he's into um, you know, like trying to figure out the the jungle gym, and like he tries to do the chin ups, and he'll grab the weights with me. So hopefully, at some point, you know, we'll see where that takes him. Yeah, how, how old is he now? He's nine. He's going to be ten in January. Yeah, so he's still very young. Yeah. He's still, yeah, he's like either, yeah, that may maybe when he's like 12, 13, start lifting yeah. weights. He's in a Fortnite right now. He can care less about, you know, <laughs> everybody <laughs> is. Everybody is. <laughs> Fortnite is life right now. And you're, you're, since they're in that environment from a young age, you know, that's gonna, they're gonna be familiar with that. And they're gonna, you're teaching them these healthy habits. And we'd say it all the time like, we, we inherit our ha- habits, good or bad, from our parents who probably inherited their, good, good and bad habits from their parents, vice versa. So we can, if we have bad habits, 
it stops with us. We, we have that capability of stopping poor nutrition habits or, or exercise habits now. You know, what's interesting though, is like, I know there's research showing that generally like the way your parents are, the way the kid is going to be, but some, the kid is going to be the kid, right? Like the kid, like they're going to be who they are. And I, I mean, my parents had awful health habits, like really, really bad. And I went the complete opposite direction. I ended up being like, fuck it. Like, I don't want to be that. So I'm going to go the, my brother, he went that direction. And more recently he's done amazing and he's lost like 130 pounds, but his whole life been super overweight and adopted their health habits. And I've seen people who grew up in like really abusive households and research will show that if you grew up abused, you were more likely to be an abuser, but then they grew up in an abusive household and then they go the opposite direction. And then people who grew up in a great household and they become an abuser. Right. And it's like the kid, like, I, I think you're right. Definitely you're more likely to be the way that your parents raise you and adopt the habits they have. But sometimes a kid is just going to be the kid and you never know what they're going to do. That's why my mom, she always jokes. She's like, I will never take credit for any of your success because if you fuck up, I'm not taking credit for that. She's like, I'm never going to say yet. Yeah, he had a good parent. He had a good parent. Cause if you ever make a stupid mistake, I'm not taking credit for that either. So. <laughs> now, Jordan, I remember years ago, this is when you started uh, training with Louis Simmons, right? I think Dennis, your mom hmm. take you to West side barbell. And like, she was, she had no, yeah. no idea what it was all about. If I, if I remember correctly, but she's just like, why are you doing this? Or what do you want to, why do you want to do this? Right. She, I mean, no one can really know what West side is like until you go. Um, I think that if you watch like West side versus the world on Netflix, then you might get a, a better idea of it. And like, okay, shit, this is pretty crazy. But that documentary didn't exist. And, um, all my mom knew was that I got an amazing opportunity to intern at a world famous gym. And I consider myself very lucky because I don't, I don't think most mothers would allow their 19 year old kid to go to Ohio to this gym in the middle of nowhere in an industrial park to work with a lot of like convicted felons. And like, <laughs> like, I don't think a lot of mothers would be like, right. yeah, sure, let's do it. Uh, but I didn't tell her that when we went, I just said, it's a, it's a world famous gym. So me trying to imagine what she must've thought, she must've thought it was a nice looking gym, like a, a world-class sports facility, like with really nice, well-dressed coaches with collared shirts that says coach on the back, you know, like whatever we go, there's no sign on the door. Like first and foremost, like it's in an industrial park. It's like, it's construction. It's a garage in the middle of nowhere. There's no sign. She's like, are we at the right place? I was like, we're at the right place. I was like, I recognize <laughs> it from the YouTube videos. Um, she was like, okay. And so uh, I just walk up to the door and I walk in and Louie walks up to us shirtless. He's shirtless, tattooed head to toe, a ball of muscle, shaved head, um, <laughs> nose gushing blood. Oh my God. Nose he gushing just blood. Out. He's got pitbull tattooed on his belly with barbell uh and my mom is like visibly shocked and he walks up to us nose gushing blood he had just been maxing out his squat he did squat like 700 pounds or something uh and all these huge dudes are yelling blah, 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 and he goes you must be jordan and i was like yep and he's like you must be his mom and she was like yeah and then she was like i'm gonna wait outside <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it at the time, but she told me later, 
over breakfast that she went in the car and cried. Oh, and no way. She went in the car and cried and she told me because she kept seeing more and more lifters coming in. And it's an invite only gym. It's not like you can just go anytime. It's like invite only gym. I was the smallest guy by by their weakest guy when I went there. Their weak, their chump squatted 800 pounds. That wow. was the weak one. Um, my mom was telling me she kept seeing like huge dudes just going to the gym and she was like, they're going to kill him. My mom, my mom, like, she's like a sweet old Jewish lady. Like she, in her mind, she was like, he's a small little Jewish kid. Like he's going to be killed. Like she, and she was sobbing in the car until I came out later and I was fine. And then, and she begged me not to do it. She was like, please, I don't want you to do this. I don't, I was like, mom, I have to do this. Like, this is going to change my life. And it did. Mm -hmm. And then we went back the next day and she stayed in the car. She didn't come in. (laughs) It was, it was, uh. It was in, yeah, it was, it was freezing cold. I think it was like in February or March in Ohio, there was no air conditioning or there's no heating or air conditioning. There's nothing in the gym. It's just a fucking garage. And, uh, yeah, that was, it was crazy. <laughs> wow. That was when you were 19. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I think I was ni- 19 or 20, 19 or 20. Wow. Yeah. And that was kind of like what started it all. Guessing, yeah. That's right? what started me getting a little bit of notoriety because I remember, um, Louie had me write an email to his email list. And he was like, I just want you to email our list and tell everyone what you're doing and, and what you're learning. And I, I got a lot of email replies back being like, oh my God, I didn't know they had internships. Tell me about it. And they started to follow me. And then, um, and then that's when me as a power lifter started to generate more interest. People were like, Okay, who's this kid? Why is he training at Westside? And oh, by the way, he's actually pretty fucking strong. Um, and that was like that was what got my foot in the door of the powerlifting world and the strength and conditioning world, and got eyes on me, being like, okay, let's pay attention. And so yeah, that that's what started started the beginning of it for sure. Wow. And from there, did you go to Cressy's after that? Yeah. So I went to Cressy's. So I. I competed under Louis. And then the day after I competed, I left. So I was at, at Westside for about like three and a half, four months. And I left and I, I went to, I went back to school. Everybody at Westside was trying to convince me to drop out of school, except for Louie. All of the lifters were like, drop out, drop out, like just stay and lift. And I, I almost got a Westside tattoo on my chest. Like I was like, <laughs> I'm Westside for life. I was, like, I was ready to go. I was, I was, I was drinking the Kool-Aid. I was yeah. in and all of the guys were like, drop out, just stay here and lift. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it's a good idea. And then Louis, he must've overheard because he hears everything. He was like, you're not staying here. He was like, you're going back to school. He was like, do you know why I brought you here? And I was like, no, he's like, cause you're really smart. And because he's like, I'm tattooed head to toe. I've been to prison. I can't speak at colleges and universities. They don't like people like me at colleges and universities. He was like, you, you can present the information that I've taught you and you can teach people the right way to lift. You're going back to school. Wow. And I was like, okay. Yeah. And this is the side that no one sees of Louie. They only mm-hmm. hear like the, like this crazy, scary, like guy, like he's, he's got a big heart and he's very loving. Um, so I went back to school and then I hated school. So I emailed Eric Cressy and I was like, can I come intern with you? Cause at my university of Delaware had like a, a seven or eight week winter vacation. So he was like, yeah, come on. So when I went back for winter vacation, I started interning at Cressy's literally just like four or five months after I interned at Westside. That was a really great back to back experience of yeah. like get the Westside powerlifting. And then you go to the more like, uh, um, 
uh, it's not more science based. I'd say it's more uh, contr- a more controlled environment at at Cressy's. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're working with professional baseball players with million dollar contracts. You got to be really careful when you're working with them. And I learned a lot more in depth. Because powerlifting, and you really think about it, when you're learning, it's pretty basic. Um, mm-hmm. You can get real in-depth at the science, and you can really learn, like, Prilipin's chart, and you can learn about percentages and, and all of that, which is fun. But when you're working with an athlete, it's a different ball game, pun intended. Uh, yeah. Like, it's it's completely different. Uh, and you got to be way more careful, and you have to be way more deliberate. Um, and so that was a really fun learning experience going from just all out lift as much as you can to all right, how do we optimize athletic performance with professional players? Uh, and so, yeah, that was a really wonderful experience as well. Yeah. Like Beth of both worlds, pretty much, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and Eric has had a West side background. Eric actually trained at Southside gym in Connecticut, which is like a, basically a powerlifting gym that did exactly what West side did in the Connecticut. Conjugate method. Southside barbell. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. Cool. Wow. And you? Yeah, I've been to a couple. Whoops. Go ahead, Beth. I was gonna say I've been to a couple of Cressy seminars, and they were, yeah, they were kind. Of, for me, they're super intense, yeah. like very scientific. Where I kind of got lost, and I'm like, whoa, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, I guess I need to study some more anatomy. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly right. You know, just how they talk. It's just not. I don't talk. I don't use that jargon. You know. The, uh, yeah. It was, it was difficult when I, cause I started my website when I was at Westside and then soon after I was at Cressy's and I'm so influenced by Eric and what he was doing. So if you go back and read my articles in 2012, 2013, 2014, you'll see, I was trying to be Eric. I was trying to write like Eric. I was trying to speak like Eric. My, my jargon was way more scientific uh, and it's not like how I'm speaking right now. And that actually caused a lot. That was when I really went through, I had writer's block and I had a lot of anxiety making content because I was trying to be someone I'm not. Um, Eric is, he's so smart. It's actually frightening. The, on my first day there, um, he, he, he was like, like hazing the new, the new intern. He was like, all right, go to the whiteboard and write down every muscle that attaches to the scapula. And I was like, <laughs> oh, fuck. It was like, that was the first thing you had me do. Go and write down in front of everybody, in front of all the ball players, in front of all the coaches, go write down every, every muscle that attaches to the scapula. There are 17 muscles that attach to the scapula. I got nine of them. And, uh, and he's like, you got some work to do. And, uh, and that, yeah, it was a tremendous educational experience. Yeah. But in terms of, in terms of, I, I think it was a great opportunity to understand like great growth experience for me and probably for you as well to understand you don't need to speak like that in order to be a great coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, it's easy to get caught up in, in in listening to someone speak like that. And you're like, I want to speak like that. I want to like do that. But if it's not you, it's not you. That That's Eric. Eric will literally spend his free time going to surgeries, to watch surgeries on elbows and shoulders so that he can see what the actual joint looks like and what the attack looks like. like I would never do that. I don't want to go yeah. watch a fucking. I have no interest in that. So yeah. Thank God we have people like him who do that, who can then educate the rest of us. But, uh, mm-hmm. but you know, I think we all feed off of each other very well, right? Like Eric educates us, mm-hmm. and then, but I don't think he could educate the general population like we can because they're they're not going to fucking understand what he's saying. Right. They have like we have a hard time understanding yeah. what he's people saying. People don't even know what a fucking calorie deficit is. Still, exactly. So like, exactly. You know, how the fuck are they going to know the eighteen whatever of the? <laughs> Whatever. Don't know how to spell lose instead of loose. It's yeah. like, yeah. oh my god! <laughs> Every time we put up a Q and A on Instagram, it's how can how can I lose belly fat? Yeah, 
everyone. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Um, wow. That's yeah. Our, yeah, that you're right. That is our kind of our job as coaches. Take that technical, complex information and break it down into a way that other people can understand. Um, and uncomplicated. That's exactly right. Yeah, for sure. We run into that, like that kind of stuff on TikTok where actually people, you know, you have the coaches that are just like the scientific and then they'll come after the ones that are just talking to the the general public like me and Matt, yeah. you know, it's like, we don't need to just talk like that. You guys like, yeah, correct. Chill, chill the fuck out. Yep. Usually what I found is they get, they get jealous. Um, what I found is often the coach, not always, but often the coaches who can't break things down more simply like we do they also tend to be the socially awkward people in a group Mm -hmm. um they also tend to the people who are like they're not good in a group setting they have trouble relating with people um and i think it's because their intelligence is so high just to like i think they're so fucking smart and so like so their iq is so high that it's difficult for them to actually have a, a conversation that's not as high level um and so i think they see people like us taking information, breaking it down much more simply for general population and your audience growing and people reacting well to it and people really liking it and they get jealous and they're like, no, no, no. But like, they, they don't, they, they don't know the science. They don't know as much as I do. It's like, it's okay. We don't, we don't need to know it like that. We don't yeah. need to right. explain it like that. It's like, we know enough. Let, let's get it, get the information out to the public. Yeah. yeah. I'll never claim to be an expert in anything, you know, like I'll, I'll surround myself with people that are smarter than me is what is what I like to say, you know, uh, with mm-hmm. on my team, with with people that I connect with, other coaches, things like that. Um, I, I don't want to be the smartest person in the room. I just want to be able to connect with everybody, really. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. I have a question for you, Jordan. And because only this this has been bothering me for a while. Um, okay. <laughs> it's nothing serious. Um I'm to like, figure, to, uh, yeah, what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know how I actually learned from you and from others to figure out your calorie deficit a basic way to teach the yep. public, right? Taking your yep. goal weight, multiplying by 10 to 12. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, in, in the whole world of other coaches, and this has happened to a lot of the uh, coaches that are in the mentorship as well, have gotten completely reamed out for making videos about taking your goal weight times 10 to 12, that is completely unsustainable. Um, it doesn't make sense. Where are you getting that from? You're hurting people. Um, so I just want to know, like, what is the, the theory behind it? Um, why it works and things like that. If you can yeah, so break I, it down. I can find a, an article. It's from, it, I, I got it originally from Lyle McDonald right. um, years and years and years ago. Um, I'll, I'll send you the article. Um, it's a great article. He explains, and in his article, he used body weight. He used current body weight. And I mm-hmm. changed that to goal body weight because I found body weight, uh, it didn't account for many of the outliers, people on like the extreme ends mm-hmm. of the equation. Mm-hmm. It, body weight was good for people in the middle. For I would say most people, but there are people on on the other ends who like it didn't make sense for. So I was like, I'm gonna make it gold body weight because realistically, even if you're in the middle, gold body weight still works, right? Even if yeah. like you're 150 pounds and you want to lose 10 pounds, cool, 140, like that still works for you. Uh, mm-hmm. But it it did not work. Just regular body weight did not work for someone who was like 400. Exactly, pounds, that wasn't yeah. it wasn't a good idea. Um, so in Lyle's article he explained where the 12 came from. And basically it comes from when you're looking at all of the different elements that make up your metabolic rate, 
from like from your BMR and from your NEAT and your T and all that stuff from all like the different elements of this, it added up to this 12. And I, don't, I can't recite it off the top of my head, but Lyle is probably the smartest person in the entire industry. Uh, I would say Lyle Allen, Lyle, Lyle McDonald, Allen Aragon, and Martin Birkin are the three reasons and people why so many of us know about calorie deficit and so many of us know mm-hmm. about these, like they're the ones who popularized it in yeah. the early two thousands who, and they were the ones in the bodybuilding.com forums. And they're the ones who were citing all the research. They're all the ones that we essentially stole from realistically right. for sure. Um, and who've been able to make the science-based industry more mainstream. Um, so Lyle is the one who I got it from and it works super fucking well. It like, it That's works awesome. really, really well. It, it doesn't work well when you fuck with it. Mm. So for example, um, if, if someone, if someone doesn't need to lose weight, like, and I see this a lot, I get someone being like, mm-hmm. well, I did that. And it says that, like, that I should be eating 900 calories. It's like, well, then your goal weight is too fucking low. Yeah. yeah. It's like, maybe you shouldn't lose weight. Right. It's like, it's not that the equation is wrong or dangerous, it's that you mm-hmm. have a probably skewed relationship with your body. It's like, if you do this appropriately in health, like, there's no reason why this shouldn't work and that why it can't be safe. Um, there, it, it mainly becomes a difficulty when someone uses it inappropriately, like, I don't know, everything in life. <laughs> right. When it gets abused. Yeah. yeah. It's so true. Not everybody needs to lose weight. Right. That's the other thing, too. Maybe that, mm-hmm. or maybe losing weight isn't the right thing to do in that moment either. Maybe you need to, yeah. Maybe you need to do a reverse yeah. diet, or maybe you need to just focus on building some lean muscle mass because you can't cut down to nothing, you know? So. I remember Beth. I'll, I'll text you that article so you can read okay. through it. It's a great article. Yeah. It's an old article, but it's a great article. Um, uh, but in terms of what you were just saying, uh, Matt, I think the best example of that that I've seen in my entire career was at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, I've never seen such a clear dividing line in terms of at the beginning of the pandemic, some people, it was the absolute worst time to try and lose body fat. For some people, it was the the last thing they should be focusing mm-hmm. on. Even among people who, from a health perspective, needed to lose fat, it was like mentally, it was a bad time. Like, mm-hmm. give it a couple of weeks. Um, stress, anxiety, not knowing what's going to happen. Kids are at home, losing your job. Like, your crazy. entire life was take a minute, torn, right? torn apart. Yeah. Yes. Other people, it was the best time. Like other, they were like, they're not traveling anymore. Like they don't have work or dinner meetings. They finally have control over their food. They're at home. They have time to figure out how to count calories. It's like, and I've never seen a more clear divide between not good for some people, very good (laughs) for other people. And, uh, it's, I think that was the most clear I've ever seen that painted. And this is true in all aspects of life, but it was very interesting for me to notice that like in that point in time, like there is everything is different for different people and like different people need different things. Yeah. Well said. Absolutely. Well said that what, what, when the pandemic hit, um, nobody knew like what they were going to do for workouts, exercises. So, th- so then we saw things like push up mm-hmm. challenges and, and thank, thank God resistance bands were, were available to most people, but those quickly sold out. But what would you say the saving phrases for, for people for, for home workouts, would it be resistance bands or would it be like, you know, doing those kettlebell workouts because most people can get kettlebells, which are super versatile. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, I think walking was probably the the best part. Oh, I love that. I think I saw a lot of people just getting out. Um, you know, it's so funny, like walking really does make you feel so much better. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You go for a 20 minute walk. 
like feel great. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I like resistance bands. I think they have a time and a place and I'll use them occasionally, but like sometimes they're just fucking annoying. Like, like they they smack and they smack you or whatever. It's like it's getting all crumpled up when you're trying to do band pull apart. It's like, oh, what the fuck is it's annoying, right? Mm-hmm. Um, walking is great. It's just great and it's it's accessible to almost everybody. Um, even if you're in your apartment, you can just walk in. Like I'll do that if I'm if I'm on a phone call, I'll just walk in circles yeah. in my apartment or something, uh, and I always feel better after it. I I just think uh, walking is the best. I really do. Yeah, I agree. Oh yeah, super underrated. Beth, I know you do your two two walks every day. I do my two walks every day, and it's something I talk about mm-hmm. heavily on on social media. Is like just get two ten minute walks a day, and the and with two ten minute walks, you're probably going to be going on a little bit longer than the ten minute walks anyway. Correct. You know, so um, it's a great way to get people moving. I I, I totally agree. Yeah, it's like the first thing I say when someone's like, I don't know where to start with exercise. Walk. Yes. Yeah. Fucking That's walk. It. That's <laughs> it. It's exactly right. Get the fuck outside and go for a walk. When that's actually one of the areas that my coaching has changed a lot over the years. I used to when I, when I was younger, and even probably twenty up until twenty six or twenty seven, up until a few years ago, um, when someone would say, "Hey, I can only focus on nutrition or training. What should I do?" I would always say nutrition. I'd be like, "Nutrition first. Mm-hmm. and that was like my go to. And actually, there was a lot of research supporting that. But in the last couple of years, I changed that because I realized. I actually realized this with when I was coaching Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, it was very interesting. I noticed that as long as Gary did something that day, even if it was just like 10 or 15 minutes of, of stretching or foam rolling, his nutrition was markedly better. Okay. And I, I watched, and this is one of the cool things about training someone seven days a week for three years straight. Like you get to like really see their behavior. You're with them all the time. His nutrition was infinitely better when we did something, wow. just something. And, um, and I didn't ask him directly cause I didn't want, like, he's very intuitive with how he interacts with people and he like would read me. I, I didn't want to like potentially have him change his stance, but I wanted to figure out, I was like, why is this? And I realized it's because if he just got in the gym, it was now worth it to eat well the rest of the day. But if he didn't do something, it was no longer worth it because why bother? He didn't work out. And so that's what changed my recommendation when someone's like, what do I start with? I'm like, start with walking because walking is going to make you feel better. You're going to end up like, never mind, like just like feeling better for a number of reasons, but literally endorphins increase. Like you actually feel better. You feel more accomplished. And now it is worth it to have the apple instead of the donut. Now it is worth it to have salad. Now it is worth it to drink more water because you did a little bit of a workout. And then I see those habits starting to improve once they start with something simple like walking. Whereas Nutrition, yes, I think ideally you'd start with it first, but when you're eating the apple, you're like, oh, this sucks. I'd rather have the donut. <laughs> and like, you don't, you don't yeah. feel better after having the apple. Like you don't feel, oh, like I feel great. You're like, no, I feel like I still want the fucking donut. And it's like, it's when you can actually improve your mood through exercise with that mood increase, I think you see better adherence to nutrition. Classic habit stacking pretty that's much. True, huh? yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. Amazing. I know I do. I, I used to do my, well, I still do my walks, of course, but I used to be, they were working walks. So I would always be recording content or answering emails oh, yeah. or questions. And I've got a coach, a mindset coach. And he's like, no, you got to, your walks are for, that's your time to yourself for you to decompress for your mental health. So now I, I'm, I'm, I'm still guilty of doing it occasionally, but now I'm like my, my morning yeah. walks, at least I I'm unplugged. I don't even take my phone with me anymore. And it's been, an, it's been a difference that's of night awful. and day for me. I love that. That's amazing. Yeah. 
I need to take note of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's <fine. laughs> Except this is me. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Enjoy those beautiful fo- uh, fall colors in, in Maine right now, you know? Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're almost right. gone. They? It's going to yeah. be snowing soon. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. And you know what, Jordan? You're, yeah, you're, now you're in like sunny days all the time now. It's the best. I love it. Yeah, I absolutely no. love it. Dallas might get oh, one or two man. cold days in what, January or February or something where you might get like some freezing rain, some some weird reason, but for the most part, you're good, right? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I, I, I haven't been here a full year yet, but like, I mean, it's like 70s, bright and sunny. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, this is great. And it's not humid either. Uh, Florida is just like, I hate Florida. It's super humid and gross. Mm-hmm. It's like, here, yeah. it's, it's, it's great. Like you walk outside, it's like, oh, like, it's almost like um i'd say it's probably about like mid-september in new england right now in in dallas so you know mid-september it feels nice walking out walking yeah. out like shorts and a t-shirt and like it's not too hot not too cold like, it feels really good and there's something about it when the sun the sun and your mood oh you know what God. i mean like, you know when you're in that where where i live it's it gets dark and it's like cold and the sun doesn't shine. And it, like when I lived in California, I felt like I was always happy. A hundred percent. Because this, you know, you know get outside funny. all the time. People say like, oh, it's the vitamin D. It's the vitamin D. And I, I know vitamin D is, is part of it and it's super important. But I don't, if it's gray outside and I take vitamin D, I don't still don't feel fucking good. <laughs> yeah. like, right? <laughs> if fair. I supplement with the vitamin D, I'm not all of a sudden just like, yeah, Let's like feel great. <laughs> if it's sunny outside, like. I yeah. feel fucking phenomenal. There is Absolutely. literally something, and I don't know what it is. There is something yeah. physiologically that when it's sunny outside, you are mm-hmm. happier. You're feeling the sure. sun yeah. rays on your face, and it's Absolutely. just instant happiness. I totally resonate with that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's ener- It's energizing. When you wake up and you see it's like about like going to be a sunny day, you're like, oh yeah, this is great. This is. It's like you don't get that when you take the fucking pill yeah. at all. No. Beth likes to say vitamin N for vitamin nature, like because we're both in, vitamin we're nature, both into yeah. hiking too. I you love know, that. So um, I love vitamin the vitamin N. N. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, so go really quick. Going back to Gary V. Um, what was the one like the biggest takeaway that you that you have from working with him, for, especially for three years? Because you traveled the world with him as his personal trainer, didn't you? I mean, that's intense. Oh, yeah. That's intense. Yeah, I got. I got super i got really fat and out of shape and it was bad um uh you know every time someone asks me this mm-hmm. the further and further away i get from that experience the more my answer changes okay. um yeah. when i i still think here's what i'll say this is the answer that i usually give and it's true but i'll also give a a, a caveat to that the answer when most people say, what's the best thing you learned from Gary? They're usually thinking like, what tactic did he teach you? Like, what was the secret thing? It's like, no, the, the thing that I really learned was how hard this guy actually works. Um, he works so hard. It is, it's, you can't understand it. And I didn't understand it until I saw it. Um, if someone told me that they compared the president of the United States schedule to Gary Vaynerchuk's schedule and that Gary was busier than the president of the United States, I would believe it like fully. That guy goes from five in the morning until midnight, one or two in the morning, every single day, nonstop. He's booked out six months in advance, at least everything is in his calendar from his shower to his car ride to everything booked out minute by minute by minute, six months to a year in advance. And he does not stop all day. And for me, 
that was that was a huge um, learning opportunity from the perspective of a, I was working hard, but not that hard. And and I realized even if I work half as hard as him, I'm going to make some really great great gains in my business. And that's what I did. I was like, I just, I'm going to work harder. And I actually let my fitness fall by the wayside and I stopped training and my nutrition went to shit mm-hmm. and I stopped sleeping and, and I just only worked in my business and like, I don't regret it. Like some really amazing things happened, but, and this is what's changed now as I've gotten older and I would get more removed from the situation is I think another great lesson that I've learned from Gary and from working with Gary is that I don't want to live that life. Um, I don't want to live the life that Gary lives. And I think me four years ago would have like gotten offended if I heard someone say that. It's like, you don't know him. Da, 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 da. It's like, no, no, no. One of, one of the things Gary really preaches a lot is finding what, finding your own happiness. What brings you happiness? Like what brings you joy? Um, and I think at this point in my life, I, I have no interest in being on social media all day. Like I have, I do not want to do that at all. Uh, I am no longer interested in trying to grow followers for the sake of more followers or Mm. for the sake of more notoriety or for the sake of more fame or for the sake of more money. Like that does not interest me at all anymore. And I think that's one of the best things I've learned from him is like, listen to your heart and, and do what you want to do because you want to do it. Not because maybe someone you look up to is doing something else or whatever it is. Like you have to do what feels right for you. And that will change throughout the course of your life. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Just keep following your heart. That's amazing. I love that message. I love that message. And that's, that's what I'm all about too, is like, yes, we work out, we live, we lift weights and things like that, but we don't live to just do that thing, right? We, we want to have a well-balanced plate of other things, hiking, traveling, adventuring. That's what I love to do. So there's a lot of times where exercise and strength training falls on the back burner for myself, you know, when I'm gone for two, three weeks at a mm-hmm. time, you know, hitting the trails or just exploring, you know, and a lot of people, especially on social media, they see me doing that. And like, and this guy's a coach, what kind of like, you know, you've got a dad bod and this and this and this. I'm like, first of all, that means nothing, you know, and people, people are just so far removed from what fitness and, and health is. It's not just Correct. the way you look. It's, it's your mental state. It's your, your happiness, your, your physical, your health, your physical health, everything. It's, it's all encompassing. I love that. You know, it's so funny you say that. I, I was thinking about this the other day. Could you imagine if someone went on uh, on a, a woman fitness influencer or whatever went on their page and was and was like you're chubby or like you've got a mom bod or something like that? Like I've never heard anyone say you got a mom bod. Like they would be vilified and people would be like, "How dare you? You're like misogynistic." Da da da. But people throw out like dad bod yeah. all the time. And, and another thing that I've seen is. In the in the female end of the fitness industry, I've seen much more body diversity, which has been wonderful, right? You see a lot more body diversity, a lot more realistic expectations yes. of, hey, this is like what you can do without anabolic steroids or without drugs. Like this is real. And this is what it's like when you're 30 and 40 and 50 and 60. And I see people do it and I love it. Yeah. The male side of the fitness industry, I have not seen much body diversity at all. It needs to catch up. And I don't see, it needs to catch up. Like I think, and I think a lot of it has to do with 
I think just off the top of my head, I think a lot of it has to do with male egos. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of men are very scared to show what their body looks like uh, compared to someone who might be roided out and, and super lean and shredded and they're nervous. Yeah. And men in the industry need to do more of posting what their body looks like as a normal, healthy male so that they can say, this is realistic. This is and. And you open yourself up to people saying you've got a dad bod, da 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 da. But I think that's what we need to do. I think that's you have to do that in order to get to this is where it's more and more and more accepted. You did that. I already knew where I was going with that when she saw my reaction. Yeah. So I took, I I didn't realize Gary V actually said this, but he says, take your insecurities, and it's not an insecurity for me, but put it out there, put it out in the world. Then nobody can use that against you. So I've actually, I have a video um, on TikTok where I say, everything you know about fat loss is wrong. And this and this and this. And then I take my shirt off and I said, I got a dad bod. You know, I haven't worked out in two weeks and this is okay. This is realistic, you know, and this is healthy. And most people weren't supportive of that. Of course, some people still, you know, like to try to take shots at me. Not that I care, but you're going to have trolls on social media, right? But yeah, I, I, they're the mental, they're, the guys have a lot of catching up to do. And the, you, like you said, it's the ego for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's still taboo for guys to talk about our feelings and emotions and, and, and mental health. You know? <laughs> so um, it's true. It's 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 funny. It's it is. Uh, it's very odd. It's very odd for people like to make that a, a an open conversation. It's difficult. It's a difficult conversation. Yeah, yeah. Where are you at currently with um? Like, what are your goals right now? I know you're doing BJJ. So is that like what what your main focus is at the moment? <laughs> I am obsessed. I like, I am absolutely obsessed. You know how CrossFit is like a cult and people like people who do CrossFit, like do CrossFit. You should do CrossFit. Do, like I'm like that yeah. with jujitsu. I'm, I'm like the jujitsu cult. I'm like you should do, everyone should do jujitsu. It's the best. <laughs> like that's all I think about. It's all I want people to do. Uh, it's like, yeah, I'm obsessed with it. Um, it's, it's a really wonderful experience. I, and I'd say one of the things I really love about jujitsu is with strength training, when you start doing strength training, people fall in love with it so quickly because they see their progress exponentially, like workout over workout, you're stronger. And it's like a very quick way to be like, wow, like I can do this. Like I am strong. And you immediately get this feedback. And then, but you see the, 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 a year, two years, three years in, that's when it gets difficult. That's when it's like, shit, now it's harder to get stronger. I've been at the same weight for three months. Yeah. Da, da, da. That's what's difficult. With jujitsu, it's the opposite. With jujitsu, the first couple of years, you just get fucking destroyed. <laughs> like, you can't do anything. And I I swear on my life, within my first couple, like, I come from a wrestling background my whole life. I'm a, an elite world-class powerlifter. I consider myself very capable in a street altercation and, like, strength-wise. When I started jujitsu, I was like, it's not going to be a problem. Like, I'll be fine. <laughs> Oh, I, I swear on my life. I almost cried. I'm not, and I'm not joking. I almost cried during my first couple of classes because, um, so it goes white belt, blue belt, purple, brown, black to get your black belt in Taekwondo. You can get your black belt in a couple of years. And like it's in jujitsu, it takes at least 10 years, at least 10 years to get your black belt. Um, and that's like pretty fast. So it's like, takes longer to get your black belt than it does to become a doctor. Um, white, blue, purple, brown, black. I was going up against a blue belt. I couldn't do anything. And I, it, it wasn't like he was choking me out or like hurting my, he was just holding me against my will. 
and I couldn't move. And I remember he said, he was like, come on, man, you got to move. And I was like, bro, I can't. Like I literally, he was holding, I was on my back on the ground and he was on top of me and I couldn't move. I couldn't, I, I'm a strong dude. I'm like, I couldn't move. And I literally wanted to cry because in my mind I was thinking, man, like I can see why it would be so emotionally distressing for someone to like be raped or like, like to have just completely your body be, you have no control over it. And someone else is completely, I literally wanted, I was almost in tears. I was like, this is awful. Um, and I, and uh, I don't know the exact stat, but from what I've heard from gym owners of jujitsu schools, like over 98% of people who get their, who like start and get their white belt, never make it to blue belt because it's just, it's so demoralizing and so difficult early on. But if you stick with it for at least a year, you're exponentially more likely to keep going because w- once you start to skill stack and habit stack and get everything and it starts to make more sense, then you can start to see, you, you can start to defend yourself and you can start to actually like maybe beat someone who beat you before. And it's like all of the amazing feeling you get from strength training early on, it's delayed in jujitsu. But I think that makes it even more addicting and more exciting. If you make it that far, you're like, oh my God, the opportunity, the, the possibilities are endless. And there's also, I know a lot of people feel this when they strength train, you feel more confident walking around, like, cause you're strong. Absolutely. You feel a little bit more safe. That is when you realize that your strength means fucking nothing against someone who's even marginally learned in, in martial arts mm-hmm. is like when, when you bring, when you start learning jujitsu, the confidence that you have to protect yourself and to protect your family if you need it is insane. There's this little girl, she's 16 or 15 or 16 years old. Her name is Vanessa. She trains at the gym I go to. I'm not kidding. She's about 90 pounds. She kicks my ass. Like (laughs) she chokes me out. She could break my arm multiple times in a session. She, I'm not joking. Her name is Vanessa. She's like, I told her the other day, I was like, just so you know, I've spoken about you on multiple podcasts. Like she, if she, if we met in the street and we got in a fight, this little girl would kill me. Not exaggerating. And that's one of the cool things about jujitsu is it's a specific type of martial art that even if you're the smaller person, you it does size is not irrelevant, but almost irrelevant. Strength is almost irrelevant, and it gives as long as you're more skilled, you have the advantage, and the confidence that you get from that. Walking around knowing that, God forbid, if you need to handle it, you've got it is unmatched. Like, un, like better than any deadlift I ever did, than any chin up, I, like anything. Like, it's unmatched. Wow. It's really amazing. Yeah. And so, Beth, I see you're like the wheels turning. I want you to get into jujitsu after this. There is actually um, a jujitsu place um, in town here that's supposedly really good. Do it. Are you, I mean, usually they offer at least like one free class or like a free week or something yeah. like go like go and just keep that one of the best pieces of advice I ever got was from a guy named Damien super like very high level jujitsu athlete when my within my first couple of weeks I was like what's your advice to someone just starting out he was like just know that you're going to get smashed for the first two years mm-hmm. and, and and I was like perfect so for two years I can't get upset if I if I'm not beating anybody that's like immediately what I put in my head for two years I can't get mad about it and I just yeah. crossed the two year mark and I'm just starting to like really like it really it's true it and do do yeah it really was true I just crossed the two year mark I do think for someone who doesn't have a wrestling background I think it would take longer and I think he might have adjusted for that um I couldn't imagine like 
if you don't have that, it's going to take longer. Wrestling, it, it's similar. It's still have a grappling sport, mm-hmm. um, but so it's going to take me three takes years you to another level. <laughs> yeah, I would say three. Take three years before like to give it a real shot. Three three times a week for three years, uh, you'll be a completely different person. It, it's it's fucking amazing. There's wow. a guy at my gym that's been trying now, to get me. To how go. often do you go to jujitsu? <laughs> do it. You should both do it. Uh, I do jujitsu bare minimum five to six times a week. Wow. <laughs> I'm I'm obsessed. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I do it almost every single day. Um, sometimes twice a day. Um, I just, it's so funny. Like, cause I go in the gym now and I'm like, nah, like I'd I'll do a grappling. couple lifts. I'll, I, I, I'd rather be grappling. I'd rather be like, and it's crazy. Cause it, I'm sure Beth, you've noticed, like I do way more conditioning now than I used to. Yeah. I like, I started like improving my flexibility much more. It's all because of jujitsu. Mm-hmm. It's like, because, Oh, this makes sense. When, there is nothing I've never done something more exhausting than jujitsu. Uh, your conditioning goes through the roof. It's crazy. And it's hard to, so the assault bike is awful. feels terrible. Like it's just like, you're exhausted, right? It's a great form of conditioning. And like, sometimes you're doing it. You're like, Oh my God, this is like the worst thing in the world. The difference between like sprinting or assault bike or rowing is if you're doing that properly, you're actually, your muscles are relaxed, right? If you're doing it proper, you're not tense. You're not like squeezing. You're like, okay, I'm going to move this with as little effort as I can, but your heart rate's going to get up. When you watch a great sprinter, their cheeks are shaking around and like all their, their muscles are, you can see everything shaking because they're so good at relaxing their body. The difference in jujitsu is if you're trying to control another human, you don't really have the ability to relax as much you have to isometrically contract at least a little bit to control the other human who's trying to get you off as hard as they can so as you're doing this match where you're literally fighting somebody else it's even when in the moments when you'd like to relax you still need to be actively contracting which is just the amount of of conditioning that it requires it supersedes anything i've ever done before it's really really amazing yeah, my wheels are you spinning. did a good job selling it for yeah. sure. <laughs> well, fuck, man. <laughs> my friend Liz was trying to get me to go because she's she's been doing it and she's like, I was so fucking sore. Oh yeah. The next day. Yes. She's like, oh my God. <laughs> and, I, and I'm all about doing things that that make you uncomfortable and that, that seems scary. And that I mean that that yeah. makes me very uncomfortable. That's, that's so. scary. I, mean, I huh. couldn't recommend it enough. And I always say like one of my favorite quotes is this, I would rather be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war, right? Where it's like, I'd rather be able to protect myself and not need it yeah, than to need yeah. it and not be able to protect myself. And, uh, and it's just, it's, there's something about, there are different types of martial arts, right? We have Muay Thai, we have boxing, we have kickboxing, we've got wrestling, we've got jujitsu. Um, the thing with like Muay Thai boxing or kickboxing or boxing, whatever it is, you whenever you practice, you can never go 100% because it's punching and kicking and elbowing. And if you punch someone in the fucking face, you're, they're going to have CTE before long or they're going to have a real issue or you're going to break your hand. They're going to break their nose. You can't train 100% all the time when you're kicking and striking and elbowing and kneeing. You have to go lower intensity just by the nature of the sport. With jujitsu, there's no kicking, there's no punching, there's no elbowing, there's no, there's, it's all grappling. 
It's, it's like you're you're wrestling the opponent and trying to lead to a submission where you can choke them out or potentially break their arm, break their leg, whatever. Um, but because there's no kicking or striking or any damage being done on impact, you can literally fight 100% when you go and leave. Like um, I fought 100% a couple hours. I was literally fighting someone 100% a couple of hours ago. And I'm fine. There's no issues. Um, most people if they are unfortunate enough to ever get into an altercation in public, they've never actually been in a fighting situation. They've never fought and it can be scary and it can be overwhelming and your fight or flight goes. And that's oftentimes when you like your energy gets drained, you have this massive adrenaline dump and then you're, you're in a real issue. When you, when you get used to fighting people on a regular basis, a couple times a week, it now it's not weird anymore. You can go into a confrontation and be comfortable. Like, I did this a couple hours ago. You want to fucking go? I did it a couple hours ago. Let's fucking go. Like I'm fine. And like that type of con- it's it's amazing. It really is incredible. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people are like, well, why would you do jujitsu instead of like boxing or kickboxing or something? Um, there's something called the puncher's chance, which is basically like there is a chance that someone who throws a really good punch will knock you out with one punch. There's a chance. How many, I don't know if you're boxing fans or mixed martial arts fans, how many times have you ever seen someone get knocked out with one punch? Right. It, it doesn't happen. It doesn't I mean, happen except in the movies. Yeah. It doesn't happen. What happens after the first punch is they end up getting really, really close. They end up like hugging each other and they usually end up on the ground. Most fights end up on the ground. You might take one or two punches standing up, but unless you're one in a million, it's not going to knock you out. And then you're going to have to fight on the ground. So jujitsu is basically, listen, you're going to have to fight on the ground anyway, so let's teach you how to fight on the ground. And uh, if you end up there, if you end up on the ground with someone who doesn't know jujitsu and you've been doing jujitsu for six months, you're good. Like, you're good. Like, yeah. It's unbelievable how much confidence you will have if you just do it for six months to a year, if you are in an unfortunate enough situation to find yourself where someone who's threatening you and you need to defend yourself, mm-hmm. you're good. And it's really comforting to know that. I love that. Yeah, that great self-defense sure. uh, skill set to have. Absolutely. Um, do we have a few more minutes yet, Jordan? Or, or, or yeah, you yeah. can take us. Listen, I, I, I monopolize it being the cult jujitsu guy that I am. So, what <laughs> as much time as you guys want. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love hearing yeah, about it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I think it's awesome. I'm, my, my wheels are spinning too. I'm thinking about taking that guy up at the gym. Like, yeah, take, bring me along. Let's go. Come kick, kick. I think he just. I think he just wants to kick my ass. You know, is what it I is. know, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we wanted to play play the uh, overrated and underrated. Oh, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. All right, Beth. You. All right, Matt. You all right, start? Yeah, I'll do the honors. Um, so, first one I want to start with. Let's have a little fun with it. So, Harry Potter as a Christmas movie is it underrated or overrated as a Christmas movie? As a Christmas movie. Oh, man. I think this is a hot, hot debate that I've been seeing lately. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't even seen I, I would say, you know. I'm, is there a Harry Potter Christmas movie? No, like as a Christmas movie. Like this is, like, this is oh. the season you yeah, start yeah, watching, yeah. you binge watch Harry Potter, essentially, because it's the holiday. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. yeah. I'd, say, uh, I'd say it's probably properly rated. Properly rated? Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Jew, so I'm not celebrating Christmas, but. Yeah, I, like during this time of year, I think it's probably <laughs> properly rated. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right. What do I have? Having a business coach. Underrated. Very underrated. And I'll say, ah. coming from someone who spent thousands and thousands of dollars on shitty business coaches, it was worth it to find the one business coach that changed my life forever. Um, like completely and utterly changed my life forever. I could not recommend enough. Yeah. In the same way that your clients ah. benefit from having you as a coach, you yeah. benefit from also having a coach. Absolutely. I I wouldn't be where I am without the business coaches that I've been working with for over a year now. Um, it's it's complete. It's complete. I don't have one. I was just just thought of you know. <laughs> should I get? Should I fucking get one? <laughs> maybe Beth. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> I think you. I think most maybe. people can benefit from having a coach of some sort. You know, Correct. it's that accountability. Yeah. Something, yeah. Something, something to bounce ideas off of. Things like that. Yeah. And, and you have like the mentorship and you have like a, yeah. you, know, you interact with people there and you have the challenges. So that, that is similar for sure. Yeah. All right. My turn. Um, I'm going to give uh, tracking yeah. macros. I would say it's overrated. I would just rather track calories and protein and, yes. and realistically, like I'm even getting further and further away from protein at this point. Are I'm, you? I'm more just like, just track calories. Yeah. I mean, li- like, listen, it's important and a lot of people under eat it, but um uh, it's almost at the point where I'm just like, I see so many people resistant to track it. Like when you say calories and protein, some people are like, oh, it's just so much. Like mm-hmm. you just fucking track calories then. Like just get your calories in first and we'll deal with the protein mm-hmm. after. Okay. Uh, but macros, macros is overrated. Calories and protein is all you need. Mm-hmm. Um, but if if someone's struggling with, with doing their protein, which a surprising number of people do struggle with, yes. I would just say calories are really just, let's just start with that. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely overrated. It's interesting how many people like struggle with they're they're afraid of carbs, but they can't fucking get protein in to save their life. It, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't to make me. It, like what are you eating? <laughs> That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Well, you, they could be doing nuts and peanut yeah, butter, eating sticks of butter. Like, I, I don't eat any carbs. They're like, I don't eat any carbs, but I can only get twenty five grams of protein in a day. I'm like, really? What the <laughs> exactly? <laughs> what are you eating? Lard, lard. That's it. Um, all right. <laughs> all right. Let's see. Pinterest. Oh man. It's so funny. I did a podcast earlier. Someone asked me my thoughts on Pinterest. Um, I think Pinterest is probably underrated. Um, I, I don't know the details of it. I heard that they stopped allowing content on weight loss or something. I, I don't know if that's true. I heard there's a whole big thing about it, but assuming that's not accurate, I think it's very underrated because if you Google search something, you have articles that come up. You have Google articles, Google videos, and Google images. And most of the top ranking Google images are from Pinterest. Uh, so you have, you have a lot of ability for people to find you from Google on a Google search if you're looking for images. So yeah, I would say it's under. I literally just started a Pinterest account yesterday for for my you know for my business. So um, I, I don't know about the weight loss thing, but I'll definitely let you know if that's outlawed or not with my experience. So okay, it's yeah, interesting. yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see here. We've got, um, I know you're a coffee drinker, so coffee creamer. Is it overrated or underrated? Man, that's a good one. Um, I would say regular creamer is probably overrated. Just like you have, you have lighter creamers that taste exactly the same for way fewer calories. Um, so I'll probably say it's a little bit overrated. Okay. Okay. How do you drink your coffee? Do you just drink it black or do you like to spruce it up a little bit? Yeah, it depends. Uh, I'd say usually I have it black. Occasionally I'll put like, if I have, um, like an iced 
iced coffee. Sometimes I'll put some milk in it because I like a little bit of like a fair life milk, which is like super thick and rich and creamy. So yeah. I, like, I like that. Okay. And it's also pretty high protein. Yeah, it is. I love the fair life milk it. for the protein content. I'm a, I'm a black yeah, coffee yeah. guy myself. And I know Beth loves the the coffee creamers. That's some of your most controversial content is the uh, the coffee creamer. Coffee <laughs> <So, laughs> Coffee meat. Coffee yeah. meat. It's, I, I drink the fucking toxic coffee creamer. All oh, the chemicals. Um, <laughs> You're killing the yourself. Yeah. You call yourself a nutrition coach? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah it's ridiculous. I, are, how is the coffee? Are you still not drinking coffee? I, I know you were like. I haven't drank coffee in over a month, month and a half. Really? Now, yeah. Whoa. Are you going to. Yeah, it's. How it, I feel good. I actually, I feel great. I didn't have any like real withdrawal issues, like never, no headaches or anything like that. A little bit tired. Um, but it's, you know, what's interesting is. My wife still makes coffee, and as soon as she makes coffee, number one, I have to poop immediately. Um, I don't drink it, but like as soon as I smell it, got to poop. And uh, and I also get like an energy, like I feel my energy go up just from smelling it, which is very interesting. Um, but yeah, like I, the, do you remember the coffee experiment that I did on YouTube where I drank yeah, like, o- like over that, a gram yeah. of coffee of caffeine? Um, I like. Ever since then, I've been having some palpitations when I drink coffee, and it got to a point where I was like, fuck this. Like, I need to take some time away. So that's why I decided to stop because every time I would drink coffee, I'd be like, boom, 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 boom. And I, I think I fucked something up in my body when I when I drank that much coffee because I drank coffee my wow. whole life before that. Right. It was never an issue. But like ever since I had over a gram of caffeine that day, I was like, all right, like something's wrong. So I, I'm taking a little bit of time off. Taking a coffee break. Taking a little coffee break. <laughs> it, it's it's crazy how much we rely on ca- caffeine and coffee too. Because I just made a video the other day, um, talk, talking about how coffee doesn't dehydrate you. Because a lot of people think it does, you know. And I said you really like yeah. you're if you're getting about five cups a day, then you're looking at a slight diuretic effect maybe. And then people are like five cups. That's that's I should only be drinking five. I'm like I said you should probably drink be less than five, you know. And everybody's freaking yeah, out. Yeah, so yeah. people go crazy on their coffee for sure. And I love coffee, yeah, they but do. I'm try- I try do. to limit it to two cups a day myself. So, yeah. 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 All right. Am I you next? are. All right. Um, tracking, tracking your consistency in all aspects of, let's say, like strength and um, nutrition and all Underrated. That. Mass- massively, yeah. massively underrated. I think it's, Agree. it's the most overlooked form of data that that you can actually have and it's pretty easy to track realistically it's mm-hmm. like you know if you're consistent or not and it, and it makes a big difference and that's actually why in the in the app like i don't know if you've seen the consistency tracker that we have in the app but we have the per- yeah, your calendar now right yeah the x and those so you have the x's and those but we also put like as you go along throughout the month it will track your percentage and it will show you like it's like a bar that we're trying to get you to fill up which is like i mm-hmm. love because it's like oh it's Basically, when we were making it, the option was, all right, do you start at 100% and then every time you are inconsistent, does it go down or do you start it at 0% and work your way up to 100%? And I was like, I like the idea of working towards something rather than losing something. So it's it's great because it shows you like at the end, right, you were 87% consistent. It's like, cool, you have a fucking number right there showing you, yeah. cool, you have a B plus. That's great. You did a B plus effort this month or you're like 40% consistent. Great. You got like an F minus. That's not good. Yeah. So fuck you lose that this wasn't a good month <laughs> i think that's how ha- that's not the battle people really just don't know what the fuck they're doing Correct. like 
you know, like I've been so good this month, but nothing's working. Okay. We're like objectively uh, speaking. You know? Yeah. How do you know you were that good with, with your have, workouts and everything? Correct. Have you been keeping track? I just did a post on that. I think yesterday, Jordan, or the day before, um, talking about somebody comparing their weight loss to somebody else's. And you were talking about, you know, were you at least 80% consistent? That's going to give you pretty good results. Not as good as 90%, but most people are probably only 50% consistent. That's why you're not seeing results. Right. Correct. That's exactly right. Yep. Awesome. So that's literally like take take a calendar X when you're X when you're not consistent, and then hopefully you've only got like four or five of those a month, right? And then then you're then you're good. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Excellent. Let's see what I got next. I've got okay. This will be my last one, and this is a personal favorite of mine: cereal, overrated or underrated? Underrated, underrated. I I love cereal. My my buddy Derek, when we were in elementary school, we fought over the title of Serial King. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question. I I think I don't know. I wouldn't say I won just yeah, because just he's not here to defend himself. I'm here and he's not. <laughs> but um yeah, I love cereal. I have cereal almost every day. Big fan. Same. I, I, I saw your Cinnamon Toast Crunch story this morning, and that's actually my favorite cereal, yeah, Cinnamon yeah. Toast Crunch. I, I have a bowl almost every yeah. night. So, It's the best. It's the best cereal in the world. It's so good. So fucking good. <laughs> so processed. Oh, I love it. All that processed goodness. <laughs> All the chemicals. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> We're going to piss somebody off with that. Love it. Oh, it's been so awesome talking yes. to you, Jordan. Yes. Yeah, thank you for having me. I hope I hope this was good. I hope you enjoyed it. Like, thank you. This oh, was yeah. Great. I, I had a lot of fun. Yeah, amazing. Thank you for your time. So Re- much really fun. appreciate thank it. Thank you. Of course. Yeah. All right. And that is a wrap for this episode of Cut the Crap with Beth and Matt. Did we help you cut through the bullshit? We want to know. Send us a DM on Instagram and share your thoughts. We'd love to hear them. And if you did find this one helpful, why not share this episode with a friend? I know I personally love it when a friend shares their favorite podcast with me, along with a text saying, oh my God, you have got to check out this podcast. You'll love it. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss future episodes.